This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, we rejoice in being with the family of God. Um, I love the fact that we are family. I love the title of the conference, Arise and Engage. So as we enter into these services, I just challenge you to arise and engage in our culture because you can make a difference. And uh, talk, taking up on the line of seeds, do you know everything that we do in God's kingdom is a seed? We're planting daily. And when we plant that seed, we don't, always, we don't see that seed anymore, do we? We put it, if you plant a seed, you put it into the ground. And this morning, our pastor, uh, Pastor Warren, spoke on roots and how our roots have to go deep in order to produce fruit. So during this conference, that's what we're going to see is... Uh, I really believe we're going to see our roots grow deeper. We're going to see a boldness come into our lives to be able to speak the word of God and give it to people because people need the Lord. That is not just a cliche. People need God. And who is God going to use to deliver uh, himself to people? He's going to work through us. So thank you for having us here tonight. We look forward to a great conference. Thank you. Amen. Well, you know, it's a new season, and I'm not talking about football. But I know some of you think in seasons about athletics, but it's good to be here tonight. Good to be with uh, uh, Pastor Bob and his wife, and uh, we have been meeting for several months uh, this last year also, and we are putting together, we hope, we hope, some conferences for this next year. We'd like to spread it out a little bit and go two or three or four of them, but we want you to be in prayer with us and let us know how you really feel about it because we feel like we need to get more people involved. And it's time that the churches who really want to go deeper are going to have an opportunity to go deeper. How many of you want to go deeper with the Lord? Amen. So we want to go deeper in all of our ways with God. I want to talk about momentum tonight. We're grateful that all of you are here. And uh, thank you, Summit, for being here tonight. You guys are great. Thank you, Church of the Harvest, for being here tonight. Awesome job. Good job, worship team. Thank you. Pastor Rob, that's awesome tonight. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at 2 Kings 6, and we're going to look at a few verses there. And we just want to, we want to take this opportunity tonight to really seize this moment. This is a moment I believe that God has given us. It's not, just, it's not just a season that we're moving into, but I believe that there are moment by moment powerful decisions that are going to be made for God. And, you know, we're not going to be people who live in, in a double-minded place. We're going to be people who know what we believe, and we're going to stand on the Word of God, and we're going to trust God to build a mighty foundation in us so the power of God can be resident in us so that the world or the culture that we live in can see who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we want to happen in our lives. And so we're kind of at a divine intersection, you might say, kind of a divine crossroads. And as we begin to look for the momentum that God has for us, there's a hunger that goes with that. There's a hunger that fits with the momentum. And as the Holy Spirit has begun to talk to me about what He wants to do in this area, you know, I said, God, maybe you need to talk to some other folks who are a lot younger than I am. Did you notice that picture, though, that, uh, that David Vincent and Danny Chambers and I are all the same height than that picture? Did you notice that? 
So, you know, just check, making sure that's good. Uh, but you know what? The great thing that God wants to do is create momentum. You know, when a football team actually comes to the line, and you've noticed uh, yesterday, if you are a, an Ole Miss fan, that they, they, they got there a little late yesterday. But I will tell you this, if you're an Alabama fan, we'll pray for you. But anyway, yesterday, yesterday it was great. And, you know, they played a, a good game at, at certain times. And when they come to the line, many, th- many times the quarterback will step back and he'll start looking at the coaches on the side to see what's going on. That drives me crazy. Does that drive you crazy? Some of you are just going, I don't even watch football. So. But anyway, it drives me crazy when they do that. But what I, what I want you to know is that they are looking at the defense and they're seeing the formation that the defense is in and they're creating a shift so that they'll know what to run, what will fit best to actually beat that defense formation that they've gone into. So this is what I want you to see. When God begins to give you momentum, He's giving it to you in your spirit. We're not talking about a mind thing. We're not talking about, we're not talking about us coming together to reason together, although we really believe that there is a shift in, 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 in the wisdom that God has given us right now because we need greater wisdom than we've ever experienced before. And what we're seeing is that God is shifting the wisdom. He is shifting the, the things that He is lining up because there's got to be alignment. You know, and as I, as I travel and as I look at people every single week, what I'm finding out is that so many people really don't appreciate spiritual covering anymore. And you know what? They really should because it's the alignment that you really need. As long as it's being done in a way where you can understand how spiritual covering works for you, that's the way that it needs to be. Now let's go to this scripture because I want to show you how momentum really works in the spirit and how God really teaches us to cross over into the change that He is asking us to embrace, crossing over into the change that God is asking us to embrace. Now, what you got to remember here, everybody look here, I want you to get this. you got to remember that this is a new season that God is developing for you, that God is putting together for you. I don't know if you've ever heard of the law of attraction, but that is what we call in the spirit realm or in the spirit world, we call that the law of favor. And it's fairly popular today with New Agers and secularists to, to talk about the law of attraction. They think it's some kind of cosmic juice that really works for them. And, you know, it, that, that, that attracts people and opportunities, even in the corporate world. But in truth, what I want you to see about the favor of God and, and, and the presence of God is this right here. Biblical favor is the attraction of God to you that releases influence through you. It's not about you always getting everything that you want or everything that you even need. It's about you coming to the place so that other people are inclined to like or to trust or to cooperate with you in the assignment that God has placed you in. That's what the favor of God is. God is bringing people together. God is bringing people into a place where we're united so that we can get things done in the body of Christ and see people come to Jesus Christ. Now I'll tell you this, this favor that we're talking about is not earthly. It's a heavenly thing. It's a God-given supernatural force 
that magnetizes you. It makes you a people magnet. It makes you into a Jesus magnet. Amen? And, and you, just, you just begin to suck people to you because of the favor that is on you and the favor that is in your life. Now, that should be the goal and the purpose of everybody in the room tonight to get to the place to where the favor of God, the purpose of God, the plans of God are just pulling people into your life. Can you say amen tonight? See, that's what we really want. We want to be that kind of magnet in our life. Let's read here 2 Kings chapter 6. I don't have a Bible open, so I'm going to read your screen. Are we there? Okay, there it is. Can I have it back there too? Is it on back there? Okay, let's read it here then. Let me stand here. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. So those that be for us are more than those that be for them. How many think that's good? If God be for us, who can be against us? Can you say amen? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you know, we love church, and we love going to church, and and, you know, we're, we're, we're church people. We like to be in the house of God. It's fun. It's part of our culture. It's part of our social life. It's part of our, our relationship. We have great relationships in the house of God. People that are on the outside really don't get it. People just don't have a clue who don't go to church. They just, how do y'all do that? And what do you do when you get there? And what's that all about? But it's about bringing the body of Christ together so that we can begin to see God move in a powerful way in our lives because we have this amazing relationship with the God of the universe. And we want people to experience that. We want people to, to actually experience that in their life. Now, the, when, when, a light, when, when you see this passage here, I want you to notice this about this. Uh, we don't have a school of prophets. We don't have a, we, we don't have a, a group of prophets that are watching from a distance. Uh, but we do have friends, and we do have family, and we got a lot of others who are waiting for you to take your place. Come on, somebody. They're waiting for you and I to really take your place because they're looking at you because they don't see Jesus at all. They don't see God at all. So what they're doing is they're looking for you and hoping that you are going to take your place and then they'll know what God really looks like. They'll know what Jesus looks like. And they'll know what their next step is going to be if they can just find somebody who will dare to take their place. Can you say amen? That's what God really wants us to do. He wants us to get to that place to where we do that. It's really interesting because uh, what is the backdrop for all of this momentum that we're really trying to find? A few years ago, Kathy and I boarded a, an airplane to fly to Beeville, Texas. 
And when I got on the plane, I was really sick. We were going to Beeville to, to actually preach. It was about, about 150, 200 miles from where we used to go into Mexico at years ago. We would go in to preach in Mexico, and we would go in to preach in, in houses, house churches. And we would go over. We would drive from there with some of our pastor friends and go in at Nuevo Laredo. Not the greatest place to go in these days, but it was great back then. And we would go in, and we, and we would spend a, a lot of our time just moving about you know, beginning to minister in the countryside, ministering in house churches, and really taking the love of God to everyone. And, and, and what we would do is, is we would pull up to these Coke stands that they would have outside where people would sell Coca-Colas and candy and all that kind of stuff. And in the moment that you pull up in your van with everybody in the van, and it's a church van, and you pull up in there, and as soon as you get out, about 20 to 30 kids would come flying out to, to where you were because they wanted you to buy them a Coca-Cola. And so I wasn't warned about this. Uh, the, the, the pastor, the first time that we went there, did not warn me. And all of a sudden, we had about 30 or 35 kids around. And he said, he looked at me and he said, the treat's on you. But let me tell you what was great about that. The greatest thing about that was looking at their faces, buying them candy, buying them Cokes, and seeing what that really did to them. Can you imagine what the love of God is able to what the love of God is able to do for people when they see the love of God demonstrated. Can you say amen? The, 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 the goodness of God leads people to repentance. The goodness of our Lord leads people to repentance. People want to turn and they want to come to Jesus because when they see the goodness of God. And so, so what do people really see when they look at you? What do they see when they look at us in the church today? Is it, about, uh, is it about us or is it about Christ? Is it about Jesus? Have we learned to be a blessing to people? Have we learned to, to give to people so that others can really see Jesus in us? Well, in, in this particular passage, what we see here is that there are, they are, they're surrounded by the enemy, but what Elisha wanted his servant to see is that the army of God was greater than, than what had them surrounded. I want you to see that right now because it's so important that you understand that what is surrounding you right now cannot defeat you. Come on, give me, give me, give me amen. This, and, and what surrounds you right now is not the thing that is going to control you. It is not the thing that is going to finish you. It is not the thing that is going to take you down. But the surroundings of God, His angels that surround you, the glory of God that is manifested in your life, the anointing of God that is on you is going to be the thing that really causes you to be victorious. And I tell you, this is not only a season of favor, this is a season of victory. Say it with me. This is a season of victory for those who know God and love Him. Now, I'll tell you what, there are going to be plenty of moments that are filled with opposition and resistance. Amen? But resurrection trumps resistance. No political thing in mind here at all. Resurrection trumps resistance. As we boarded the plane, as we get into Belleville, as, I mean, Beeville, as we're going into Texas, something really, you know, I got really sick as we were boarding the plane, 
got on the plane. I was so sick. I was just, I was just sick as all get out, as they say in Mississippi, until we got there. And I was even sicker when we got there. Went straight to the hotel room, began to just lay down, and it didn't get any better. Started throwing up. I was dizzy. Had the flu or had some form of the flu. Well, I was supposed to preach that night. We were coming in and we were going that night. So as I began to get ready for that evening, as we began to get ready to go to the church, I said, God, you're going to have to give me strength. Literally, I could barely walk out of the hotel. How many of you know that when you need God to come, he comes? And when God knows that he has that relationship with you, he's going to come and he's going to touch you in a powerful way. And I tell you what, what I realized at that point is that whatever momentum that I had getting prepared, doing my prep to go in was gone. Because I had no strength. I mean, know what I'm talking about. The momentum that I had built up through prayer and everything, I said, man, I, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. So literally, platform was about this high, and when I walked up onto the platform, I'm telling you, as soon as I stepped onto the platform, it was like the power of God just hit me, and all of a sudden, the legs that were weak, all of a sudden, the legs became strong. And I'm telling you, God gave me a tremendous uh, anointing that night. He gave me a tremendous heart that night to minister to people. And let me tell you what, when I stepped down off of that platform that night, I was sick as a dog again. Now, I don't know, if that, I don't know what that is, but I know that God touched me the, the few, few minutes that I was on the platform that night. How many know that that is a God that we serve because he wants to be able to bring us into the power that he wants us to experience? And, and this is it. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So God is looking for people that he can work through. So the first thing I want you to see tonight is the law of momentum. Say momentum with me, the law of momentum. And I want to talk about the law of attraction in just a minute. Uh, continuous victories stop the devil's moment or stop the devil's movement. Continuous victories. A church in motion creates friction. A church in motion will be confronted by Satan. So if you are in motion and you are being effective, then certainly the devil is going to take notice of that and he's going to begin to attack. Momentum is the ongoing force of the Spirit that transforms lives, cities, and nations. So there's a transformation that's taking place. There's a change that's going on in the body of Christ. Let me, kinda, let me just kind of jump here and just kind of get into where I think that God is really taking me now because I believe, that there, I believe that the transformation that God is doing right now is causing us to shift our momentum and only connect that momentum with the things that we have prayed for and about. You've got to remember that prayer is the catalyst that all ministry begins with. So if you're just doing stuff and you're not praying over it, you might feel like you're having some success, but I want you to know that your real success is going to come as you begin to pray and as God begins to meet you at the place of prayer. God is calling his people to a place of prayer. If momentum is the missing ingredient for all the revival that we want to see, what's the key to it? The key to it is hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
for they shall be filled. How many of you are hungry tonight for God? I mean, you're really hungry. You know, your body may be saying no, but your mind says yes. You know, sometimes our body doesn't line up with our mind. But I want you to know that hunger is the missing link. It means to crave, to demand, to yearn, to make a demand. So what we want to do is we want to make a demand on faith. We want to make a demand on the presence of God. We want to move into the presence of God and make a demand on that. Some of you maybe are here tonight and you're really struggling through, you know, this season. It doesn't appear to be a season of favor to you. Maybe you are, maybe you're hurting. Uh, maybe you are struggling with the situation that you're faced with tonight. But God wants you to be a magnet for Him. You know, gravity is, love is an amazing thing because love is the gravity of heaven. If we begin to experience who, who God is and we fall in love with the Father, then that love begins to manifest itself in our life and we begin to love other people the way that God loves them. So the thing that's behind this is the momentum. Now, let me ask you a question tonight. What is it that you really want to see happen? What do you want to see happen in, in the church? What do you want to see happen in, in the world, in the culture that we live in today? Well, what do you want to see God do? Is there, is there something that you'd really like to see God do? And God is saying to you at that point that I want you to get motivated to see this done because what, what really happens so many times is that we expect somebody else to do it. And God may be speaking to you and saying it's time for you to get busy. It's time for you to occupy. It's time for you to begin to give yourself to God and fall in love with Him. God wants you to move in a spirit of favor and operate from a place of wanting to bless others. Amen? Wanting to really begin to bless other people. So this momentum is really powerful. It's the motivation that you need to actually get going. The, the anointing is, uh, the, the anointing there are three dimensions of the supernatural. There's faith, there's anointing, and there's glory. And what we see in, in revivals and what we see in churches that are really allowing the Holy Spirit to lead is that so many times what we're seeing is we're seeing, we're seeing faith in operation. We've seen a lot of people who've got faith, and, and some people are being healed. And then people, as we really begin to move into the presence of God and as we begin to experience God, we move into what we call the anointing. And the anointing is the power to get results. Amen? It's the power that we need to really get, and not just in the church, but the power that you need to get results in the corporate world, the power that you need to get results wherever you go, in the marketplace, in your family, in your home. It's the power that you need to establish the results that God wants you to have. And then glory is that next dimension. It's where you be, move into a corporate thing. It's like it's okay, the anointing is really powerful, and people are getting healed, and people are getting set free, and there's deliverance that is taking place. But then you move into a place called the glory of God, and it becomes a corporate thing. Have you ever noticed how that when you do worship, there might be a few people who will be worshiping, There'll be a few people who are really into it, and then you've got another group of people that are kind of into it. They're just not sure, a little tired maybe, not engaged. And then you've got folks that are just not there. They're just not making the connection at all. Worship leaders up in front going, 
man, what's wrong with these people? We've got about 33% of them worshiping God tonight. And, you know, it, it's a, it, it, first of all, you've got to realize that, that worship is, is two things. It is a spiritual thing, but it's also a physical thing. Years ago, Kathy and I learned that, that, that praise and worship is not just about spiritually getting yourself lined up so that we can trust God and, and move into the presence of God, but it's also this thing of really getting your body into it as well, getting your eyes into it, getting your thoughts into it, getting your mind into it, getting your heart into it, getting your spirit into it, and then not only that, but the instruments getting all the way in where God can really bless and where God can really minister and we can move into the presence of God because it's in the presence of God that we really begin to see God move and healing and miracles take place. That's what we see around the world and some places in the United States. But the anointing is changing your reality, changing your realities. Some of you might be sitting here tonight with some, with some really unique realities in your life. Maybe you are just hurting tonight. Maybe you're wounded. Maybe you're struggling with something that you're going through. And what the anointing can do, now watch this, the anointing can come in and change those realities in your life. And when you walk out the door, you're changed. There's a transformation that has taken place inside of you. You have been transformed. You may have walked in with anger and frustration in your life, and you leave in a place of patience and peace. I may think that's good. Is that a good trade where you make that kind of exchange? You might call it a divine exchange. Now, when we look at this law of momentum, now please understand because this is where God is taking us in a way in the spirit-filled church today. Now, watch this because, you know, there, there are a lot of other great churches out there, but I'm talking specifically for those who want to go into a deeper place with God, okay? So there's a, there's a law of momentum, and it says don't be afraid. Or you might say, be you not scared. Don't be afraid to go there. Don't be afraid to risk it. Don't be afraid to let God in. Don't be afraid to trust God. And, and I'm just going to be real. I'm just, I'm just speaking from the top of my head now, maybe not the bottom of my heart, but the top of my head. You may have come to a place to where you don't even know what it is to trust God anymore. Because you trust everything else. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. And what is He going to do? He's going to direct your path. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He is going to direct your path. Now, notice that not many of you are hilariously laughing. Pastor, I think we're going to have to address that. Uh, they're, they're not Look at your neighbor and say, are you hilarious yet? Now look at the other side and say, do you even want to be hilarious? Look at the other side. Do you even want to be hilarious? You know, it's really, it's really amazing what kind of expectations we come into church with. And, and so many times we don't have any expectations. We're just coming to hang out. But if we'll get hungry for God right? If we'll get that momentum in our spirit, man, and we'll enter in, there's no telling what will happen in your life and in your family. How many of you here tonight have family members that are totally lost and don't know Jesus? 
Wow. That could fill up both of our churches right there. Just inviting those people to church. Maybe some of them are not even in this community. Here, here's something I want to, I just want to give you a little a word right now. And I think this is a kind of a prophetic word. Be careful how you handle God's church. Can I get a witness? Be careful how you handle God's church. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You might want to grow up. All you short people, you might want to grow up. And all you tall people, you might want to shrink a little bit. Yeah, there you go. But remember, in brochures, you're all the same height. Don't worry about it. But what, what the servant, what, what, what Elisha said to the servant here, and if you get that 102.13 in Psalm ready, what he says here, he says, uh, pray to see what God sees. Pray to see what God sees. You know, it's really amazing. You may be driving down the road, and you say, I don't have time for prayer. And in 10 minutes, you can be so connected with God can I step down here? Okay. In 10 minutes, you can be so connected to God. There's such a connection. Just sitting in your car, right, Chris? There can be such a connection that, that God begins to empower you. You haven't even prayed in tongues yet, but, you, but you're broken open. You know, there's, there's some repentance going on. There's some, there's some things that you are confessing to God that are beginning to change you and you're looking at things completely different than you've ever looked at them before. And you're learning how to think the way that God wants you to think. Especially if you're struggling with, Tanya, come here. Especially if you're struggling with a situation in your life where you need healing. Right? And you know what we're doing is we're, God is trying to teach us how to make that living contact with him if you abide in me and my words abide in you you can ask what you will and it shall be done God is trying to say to us get connected because you're going to need to be connected when you need that miracle when you need that healing in your life realize that every moment that you have got where you can be with God is going to prove to be really important to you because you're building up the reserves inside of you amen you're building up inside of you the things that you're going to need. Now, not knowing, you didn't know, obviously, that you were going to go through what you went through. Just tell us a little bit about what you went through. Uh, a little bit more of that testimony this morning that you gave. She, she, she has a testimony that keeps doing this. It's just a rewind because God keeps doing great things in her life. You made me nervous. Um, two years ago this week, I was in my second semester of nursing school, um, RN, and I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And having three children and um, just a drive for God, I said, I'm not giving up. And I tested it, and God worked. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I did 25 weeks of chemo, um, five surgeries, and 30 radiations all during school, and I graduated. But it's all God. Yes, it's all God. And um, I've been at Methodist University Hospital in cancer care for th uh, three months. And what he's talking about, as it's coming full circle again, is that 
um, I'm able to lay my hands on patients and to pray with them and to speak the power of God into their life. I'm able to connect with them in a personal way that, that God is really using that. And I was even telling Pastor this morning that I've been in ICU where they just said this guy was going to die. And every day I would go down there, I'd pray for him. He's back on my floor. So I'm just believing God's going to resurrect him from leukemia at 33. The full circle part about it is, is that this week I was uh, sweating fevers. Um, and, you know, Satan will come at you. Honey, you got cancer again. And um, so for about four to five days, the high fevers, the shaking, I kept going to work. And then finally one day I said, I have to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor that diagnosed me uh, two years ago. And she said, let's run blood work and all this stuff. So she called me back Friday at work and said, I need you to get down to the ultrasound department at the university. And you need to have a scan on your liver because your liver enzymes are really, really high. And I said, well, I've had trouble with that. But, you know, okay. Well, I was going in the elevator. Lord, I thank you. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm speaking in tongues, you know, going down the elevator. And I get there and I lie back and they started working on me. They were scanning my liver, scanning my spleen, my kidneys, everything around. And, um, you know, this was dragging out. And whenever things drag out, Satan starts to lie. And you start hearing that voice, you rebuke it for a little bit, but then, okay, he's, he, he's speaking. So then the lady that, that did the scan, she walks out and she says, um, just a moment, let me get the doctor. And I've heard that before because the last time I heard that, they came back in and said, you have three spots and one's in your lymph nodes. And, you know, I, the, the fear became, and I said, no, in Jesus' name. And I just started declaring these things. And I laid back and doctor came in and he started scanning and started scanning, and he was looking, he was looking. And then all of a sudden, he said, you know what? I don't see anything. <laughs> yes. He said, you just have a fatty liver. And I said, that's all right for a fat girl. You know, that's what I said this morning. I said, that'll work for me. And I just, I just believe I'm healed. I've always been taught that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that I can walk in my healing here on earth. Amen. Amen. How many, how many of you are walking in healing tonight? You know you are. I mean, God has said, stand to your feet if, you're, if God has really touched you and you're, you've received healing. You know it. Stand up. Stand up right now. Okay. Any young people need healing here tonight? Okay. Any young people get a healing from God tonight? There you go. There you go. Well, you know what? I just want to encourage you to stay in the Word. Stay strong. And continue to believe that God is going to continue what he started. Amen. I mean, when God starts something, he finishes it. Amen. So I want to make sure that, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare continual healing in their lives tonight. God, God, we believe for an outpouring of your spirit in their life, Lord. God, that they'll grow, continue to grow, God, that there will be an anointing on them, God. And as they come into the corporate meetings, God, God, that you'll begin to do something special in them, that there will be a corporate anointing, a glory that begins to feed into their life, God, so that they're never the same. And God, sometimes we want to live surrounded by God's miracles, but we have to come to terms with the fact that you'll always be surrounded by enemies too. We want miracles, 
But you said in your word, Lord, that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So the enemy is always going to try to come back. But, God, we rebuke that right now. We take authority over it right now. We declare healing in the room tonight for everybody who needs healing. Come on. If that's you, just lift your hands. If you need healing in your body tonight, we just receive that. We thank you for it, Lord. We walk in that healing tonight. We're so grateful, God, that you have sent Jesus that we might be healed, that we might be set free that we might be delivered because our set time has come. Our set time, say that with me, our set time has come. Amen, amen, amen. You need to say something? Okay, you're just praising God right there, okay. All right, you can be seated if you'd like. Let's look at that uh, Psalm 102, verse 13, because this is, uh, this to me really says where I'm at right now because I know that there are set times that really take place in our life, and I talk to our people about set times. Most of you can identify set times in your life when God has done just paramount things in your life where God has spoken something to you or there's been a transition or a turn. But he says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion, spiritual Zion, as well as a physical Zion, for the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. Now, why is that scripture so important in our hearing tonight? Because uh, we actually read it. Don't ever disassociate yourself with a word from God. If God leads you to a word and he puts you there, that word is for you. Don't, don't make a disconnect here when God begins to give you a word. You will arise and have mercy on the church, and you will arise and have mercy on Israel for the time to favor her, referring to Israel and also to the church. Yes, the set time has come. How many know that we're part of the church? We're part of spiritual Zion. So, so the set time has actually come. And this is what God wants you to do. Now get this. This is important. God wants you to move in a spirit of favor and operate from a place of wanting to bless people. Wanting to bless. Look for opportunities to bless people. We get really, we get really possessive with everything that God gives us. And we don't really... Go that extra mile. We don't reach out to bless people and touch them and go where God tells us to go. Matter of fact, many times we get so blessed, we don't even listen to God anymore. You know, we, we prayed for a blessing, we got the blessing, but we're not really listening to God. So when we lose contact with God, sometimes we lose the blessing, right? And we don't lose the love of God. The love of God is unconditional. But, you know, there are sometimes some conditions to the blessings of God. We have a blessed life, but we've got to learn how to operate in that blessed life. So, so what he does here is he, he actually prays that the servant will see what God already has in place. He couldn't see, could he? He couldn't see, the, he couldn't see the army of God. He couldn't see the army of angels. But what he begins to pray is he says, God, I want you to open his eyes so that he can see what I see. And that's what God's really saying to you tonight. Open your eyes so that you can see what I see and see the blessing that I have prepared just for you. It's a new season. Say that with me. It's a brand new season. Instead of wanting to get something from others, be willing to give something. Look for an opportunity to give. Now, the greatest gift that you can receive is the gift of favor and the power of supernatural attraction. Amen? 
attraction in, in the uh, attraction in the business world, in the corporate world, is completely different than attraction in the kingdom of God because attraction in the kingdom of God is favor. God begins to give you favor. The set time of God's favor has come. There's a, there's a time of favor upon your life, and God wants to bless you, and God wants to do something really special in your life. Now, it's really interesting because when they were, when they were getting ready to see this thing go down in Dothan, because the king uh, of Syria was really hot, you know, because the prophet had been sharing the messages from his bedchambers with others, and the prophet wasn't even there. So God was giving a pr the prophet the word. And when the Lord opens their eyes, they see that they are trapped. They're led into a trap as they go outside of Dothan. Instead of letting Israel destroy the prisoners, he tells the king to roll out a feast for the enemies. And then send them on their way. In other words, feed them, take care of them, and then you send them on their way. Now, you know we're supposed to bless, do good, and love our enemies, right? Uh, you know, it's okay to have. It's so, sometimes it's necessary to have enemies. How many of you got some enemies? Some of you like this right here. Right down here. You may have an enemy sitting next to you. I don't know. I got a call uh, late. I got a call. I got several texts late last night from from a couple who don't go to our church, and they are apparently used to be really in love, and now they're enemies. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how quick the devil can begin to work in a relationship if you don't get rooted and if you don't really find out what it is that God has called you to do, and if you can't do it together? I guess the secret of spending 42 years together is the fact that we know each other pretty well. And, uh, and the, the, the sad thing about that is we know each other too well. And we've learned how to forgive easily, right? Isn't, isn't it great to be in a position where you know how to forgive, where it's so easy to forgive? Because I'll tell you what, you put two people in the same room, they're probably not going to agree, especially if they're husband and wife. They're just not going to always agree. Here's what I want you to do, and then we're going to pray for some people. But I want you to see this tonight. You know, in order to really experience intimacy and love, you have to build a foundation of trust. Right? So there's got to be a foundation of trust that you build, and then that will produce intimacy in your life with that person. Same thing as with God. If you build a foundation of trust with God, then intimacy will be easy. Love will be easy for you. You won't have a problem loving the Father. That's the law of attraction where you are attracted to God because of the foundation of trust that has been built inside of your life. God, God can trust you and you can trust God. Isn't that good to know that God can trust you and you can trust God? Mm. Father, we just, we're just so grateful tonight. We're just so thankful tonight, God, that you are that you are teaching us how to trust you, God. God, you're teaching us how to hear your voice. You're teaching us how to obey the word. You're teaching us how to fall in love with you all over again. And God, we just begin to love you. I just want you to, I just want you to stand to your feet right now and just begin to lift your heart and your hands to God and begin to love on him. Realize that God is giving you some momentum tonight. Realize that God is giving you some favor tonight. That God is teaching you how to move into that favor and that promotion and that blessing and all of the things that He wants you to have. But He wants you to have those for a reason. Can you say amen? He wants you to experience 
all of them tonight. So I just want you to lift your hearts and your hands. Just begin to lift up. Begin to worship him right now. Just love on God a little bit like, he, like he's the most important thing in your life. Begin to love on him. Father, we just love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. Found in your hands fullness of joy every fear suddenly wiped away here in your say this. Just a few days ago, I met with an old friend. We were, we were guys that grew up together. We played army together. We beat each other to death together. I mean, we, 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 we really were guys that just really cared about each other. We got separated through the years, and, and uh, I, heard, I heard where he was at, and I went to where he was at. We decided we were going to have lunch, and I drove into town, and I met him at his business place, and we went out to lunch. I want to tell you what. It was like, watch this, it was like we'd never been apart. You cannot believe, for two solid hours, all we did was talk about each other. Remember when you did this? Remember when you hit me in the head with that machine gun? Do you remember that? And put those 12 stitches in my head? It was just one story after another. And we got right down to the end. He's very successful. He's a millionaire. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know why I deserve all this. He said, I've been so blessed in my life. He said, I don't even know why God gave it to me. I said, he gave it to you because he knew he could trust you with it. And he also knew that you'd give part of it to me. He knew that when you were. No, I didn't say that part. But, you know, we were sitting, and he went, and when he asked me where I wanted to go eat, I said, wherever you want to go. He took me to a hamburger place, of all things, you know, just what I needed, right, Nathan, a hamburger. And so we sat there, we had a hamburger, and when we got through, we prayed. And the little waitress that was waiting on us, when he filled the check out, the bill was like $2,000. 
15 bucks, maybe 16 or 17. He handed her a $100 bill and said, keep the change. Meals 15. She gets 85. I bet you they fight over that table when he comes in, don't you? Well, you know, God fights over you. He loves you. Would you just lift your hands and love him right now? We're going to sing that again. Understand that God really loves you and that he wants you to come to him with every single need that you've got, with every situation in your life. There's nothing that he doesn't want to do for you. God wants to bless you. He wants to love you. He wants to bring favor in you. Would you just lift your hands? Sing it again, Chris, one more time. Let's sing this one, Pastor. Everybody knows it. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He's the open door. People Look at me, look here, look here. When will we realize that people really need the Lord? You know what? I believe that we know tonight that we are about to make a difference. How many are about to make a difference? Amen. How many want the law of momentum and the law of attraction and the favor of God to start drawing? You want to become a magnet for people to be drawn to you. So we got to work on our personality a little bit. We got to work on our heart a little bit. We got to work on how we deal with people a little bit. But God wants us to love people. So you can become a people magnet. How many want to become a people magnet? A few of you want to be a people magnet. The rest of you want to be a Jesus magnet, right? Right? You know, we got worshipers and we got those who need to be people magnets as well. You know, people need the Lord. You know, what I want to do right now. And he's going to sing that again. But I want you to come and just join me here. We're not going to pray for healing and miracles tonight. I want you to come tonight because you want to make the transition into the new season. You want to be there. Would you join me right here if you want to move into the new season of your life and let the power of God and the momentum and the favor of God begin to flow into your life. Sing it again. You guys join me up front. Come on up here right now. If you need the Lord and you know people who need the Lord and you want to move into that season, come right now and stand right here in the front and believe that God's going to minister you. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Begin to worship the Lord. Yeah.
You know what? We, need, we got a girl here that just needs a little love. Can some of you ladies just kind of love on her a little bit? Just turn around there. She just needs a little hugging going on here. Some of you just step up in there and hug her a little bit. Yeah. Three or four of you, five or six, seven or eight. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we pray for the anointing tonight. Yeah, anointing tonight. It's a new season. It's a new season. Come on, somebody. Begin to praise him. It's a new season. Come on now. Come on. It's a new season. Come on. Lift your hands. Praise him. Praise him for the new season that's coming your way. The Lord at the end of broken dreams is the open door. People need the Lord. People need. You know what? I just want you to let the Lord melt your heart right now. Come on. Just let the Holy Spirit melt your heart right now. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to laugh. Don't be afraid to get hilarious. Just let God begin to minister into your heart right now. How many know that you need a heart work done right now? God wants to do a surgery on your heart right now to restore it, to bring you into a new place. Come on. Just be melted before the Lord tonight right now. We're going to sing it again. Just let God melt you right now. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Now